Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hi guys, welcome to Staying Home With Wit. Parents, this one is for you, especially if you have a young toddler at home, maybe even preferably a three-year-old, but seriously, even if you're just having any kind of sleep issues with your children, this episode is for you. Quarantine has had a lot of ups and downs when it comes to Sunny's sleep schedule. He was in a really good phase where he was waking up at 8 a.m. every morning and we were getting sleep and he was sleeping during his nap for two hours and everything was going great. And then something hit him and it is now a little bit of a downward spiral. Right now, our biggest issues are that he severely delays bedtime and wakes up at 6 a.m. every morning. Now, I know 6 a.m. may not sound that early for a lot of you guys, and a lot of you guys are probably having wake-up times much earlier, but for us, 6 a.m. is way too early to start our day. This has been going on for a while now, and we really needed help. Per usual, we reached out to Alana McGinn, the amazing sleep expert behind Goodnight Sleep Site. We had such a great Zoom call with her. She has helped us sleep train Sunny since he was pretty much born, which is crazy. She is like our savior because sleep is everything. She is the founder and sleep consultant of Good Night Sleep Slate, as I mentioned. She's a parent prep educator, stress management coach, director for the International Association of Child Sleep Consultants, and serves on the faculty of the Family Sleep Institute. Anytime we have had an issue with Sunny Sleep, we call her. We do exactly as she tells us to do, and Sunny response. It's insane. We listen to every word she says. I highly recommend you listen to this episode if you're having issues like ours, or if you're not and you have another issue you need help with, you should definitely reach out to her at Good Night Sleep Site. That's at G-N-S-L-E-E-P-S-I-T-E. Here is our chat with Alana. How's it going with everything? Everything's fine. I mean, we're so busy. It's crazy, which is, well, that's good. 
Yeah, it's a blessing. But Sonny was up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. And he delayed bedtime probably an hour and a half last night. And I take full responsibility for that because I (laughs) asked and said. But I think really like our big issue right now is that, you know, obviously the bedtime routine, like he's trying to delay. Drawing it out. Yeah. Also, now that he's potty trained, we'll put him in his bed and then he'll say he has to go to the bathroom. And so we'll go back in and we feel it like in the morning at six o'clock when he wakes up, we're like, if he needs to go to the bathroom, we have to go in. But under right. is obviously when he was wearing a diaper, yeah. we're just letting him kind of like chill until we were ready to get him. Right. So we just don't really know what to do. Okay. So first of all, I'm hearing from a lot of like past clients stuff. Everything that we've been working on with Sunny is super common given where we are with everything that's happening. Like we're all home. They, especially with the toddlers, like they, there's that fear of missing out. They want to be part of everything because this is great. Both parents have been home. We're probably doing a lot more fun things. We're probably getting a lot more attention than they were when, you know, parents were off working and going to daycare and school. So it's completely normal what's happening with him. We know that he can do it, which is the great thing. In terms of the potty training, he's good throughout the night, right? Like he's not having any accidents or anything like that throughout the night. No. And what time is he going to bed? But And the waking last night and the late bedtime, that's been pretty good overall or is that? Yeah. I mean, last night was the first time he woke up in the middle of the night in a really long time. Okay. So, I mean, who knows what could have happened. And, and Tim, when you went in, he went back to sleep pretty well. Like there wasn't any. No. This tonight or last night or whatever he he woke up crying at at 3 a.m and i went right in there just because of the way he sounded yeah normally like we was saying like we will wait and like you know see if if like he just woke up and let himself put him back to sleep but i don't know i just went right in there this time and he wasn't going to be put back down like calmly we tried he wanted to sit in the chair. We tried. He just wasn't going to let us go. And I think like, right. we just like did the math real quick. And we were like, look, like this probably isn't best long-term, but let's just get him in our bed and see if we can sleep with him there. Right. I mean, here's the thing, because he's such a strong, independent sleeper. I mean, and you know, this is the takeaway that I want you guys to have and anyone who's watching this. I mean, the every now and then thing isn't the end of the world. So the fact that you went in, because I could already tell when you were like explaining that, you're like, was that okay that I went in? Like, Totally okay. Because yeah, I mean, the fact that he doesn't wake up that often throughout the night. So when they do wake up, it's like, okay, what's wrong? What's going on? Because this doesn't normally happen. So absolutely go in and check and make sure if we start seeing it happen every night, then that's when we probably need to take the steps that you guys know you need to take. Right. So a one-time occurrence, not a huge deal, but it's when it starts happening night after night after night. And we already know that he can do it that's when we might need to kind of remove our presence a little bit. So the fact that it happened one night, not a huge deal. I think it was also kind of directly related to how we put him down too. Cause I kept yeah. on like giving in to stuff and it was so delayed. And then a friend came over and sat with him in the chair. And so I feel like yeah. last night was probably just hopefully just a wash and, and a random occurrence, but totally. Yeah. Okay. So is the goal now to move him to a bed? Like that's the next step that you guys want to do? Well, we just don't know if that's, if, if that is the next step, we are just struggling because he's waking up six o'clock for us is just too early in the morning to go get him. Yeah. 
both of us immediately, we went switching off mornings. We turn on the TV and like we lay there, but we're not really ready to interact with him at six o'clock. And we just, we don't know if maybe getting the big bed means that he's able to get up himself and play for a little while. And then that means we can sleep more. I just, we don't know what to do. So, okay. So let me ask you this. When you get him up at six, does he go to the bathroom right away? Like, does he really need to go? Sometimes yes. And sometimes no, like sometimes with me, he could wait two hours until he has to go to the bathroom. Okay. So what that's telling me then is why don't we start with this first? Why don't we start move that six? If you can even move it to six fifteen. if you can even move it to six 30, I can't promise you that he's not going to have an accident. We're going to hope that he doesn't, but try and delay going to get him. Cause if he's not going to the bathroom right, right away, then majority of the time, then we know the reason why he's getting up at six isn't because he has to go pee. So you guys can leave him for a little bit. I know it's hard to do, especially if he's being super vocal about it. But again, it's just coming back to the more consistent you are with it. He has a toddler clock, right? Did you get him the toddler clock? I didn't because we were able to just fix things really quickly. Yeah. And that that might not be a bad idea because that could also be a conversation that you can have with him. And this is actually a good tool that I recommend parents get once they transition to a bed, because that could be a a rule that kind of he has where, you know, when the light changes or the picture changes, like whatever clock you get, that's when mom and dad will come get you and we'll start our day and you'll go to the bathroom so that he kind of has that visual cue. So even though he's doing well, it's just an added tool that you can use. And he's old enough to fully understand how, how to use it. So that might not be a bad idea because I would actually even recommend you get that once you transition him into the bed. So in terms of the morning wake up, I mean, I know six is early. It's not crazy early. I know. I totally get that. Um, A lot of parents watching this are probably wishing there was a six o'clock wake up, but I think the only way you guys are going to push it out is just not going in at six o'clock. And he'll have to learn that again, the toddler clock can help because he can visually see that it's not time to get him. So even just by saying, Sunny, it's not time to get up yet. Like just by, you know, yelling that from your bedroom, he'll be able to see on the clock. Okay. They're right. It's not time. The picture hasn't changed or the color hasn't changed. So that might be something that you might want to do. If you want to move him to a bed, I always say there's homework before we do that. So I, I always talk about the two different steps. So the one step is looking at, is the child ready? So is the child ready in terms of age? He is, he's three. He's already yeah, three, right? Three on Monday. Yeah. So crazy. Three on Monday. Really? Yeah. yeah. So crazy. You guys, <laughs> he was like not even four months when we first started. Oh my God. It like makes me get, <laughs> that's crazy. No. Okay. So he's three. So age wise, he's good. We're looking at like two and a half to three years of age is when you know, parents can start considering. I don't normally recommend going earlier than that because we want the child to be old enough to understand the expectations and to be able to understand the, the sleep rules of the, of the house. And, and normally at that age, they're good to go. So he's age-wise, he's ready. But then is the child ready in terms of a lot of parents think, similar to kind of what's going on with Sunny, is if there's any major sleep issues, whether it's it's ones that have just kind of popped up or ones that have kind of been there for weeks, months, years, changing them to a bed is not the solution to the problem. And a lot of parents think that, oh, you know, my child is suddenly getting up throughout the night or they're waking up really early in the morning. And maybe if we just move them to a bed, you know, things will be better. That's not going to be the case because now they can come out of their room and come out of their bed. So anyone who's watching this, if your child is having really big sleep issues, try and fix those while they're in the crib before moving them to a bed. That is always the best idea. So in terms of Sunny, I mean, 
he's pretty good. I mean, his sleep is good. There's not any major issues I think that we have to worry about. So he's ready. Are you guys ready? So that's kind of the next step. You guys have to be ready to do it. And what I mean by that is it's always good to put that plan together first. So the what ifs, what are we going to do if he does get out of bed? What are we going to do if he does call out for us? When you have that plan in place before those actions happen, you guys are going to be really consistent and really confident with the follow through. So that's, and you guys are so good at that, like coming together with a plan and sticking to it and agreeing with it. So put that plan together. You know, if he does come out of his room, we're going to have to lead him back. You know, coming into our bed isn't an option because that's that slippery slope of what he knows. Cause we can't, we're hoping that he doesn't come out of his bed and come out of his room, but there is a possibility that he could. So what are you going to doorknob? I'll, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to get out of the room himself. Okay. That's not a bad thing. That's good. Why is it? Because there's a, like the safety proof. It's not that it's safety proof. It's just particularly hard to turn. Like even I have to like, like he just, okay, that's not a bad thing. Cause actually that's, that's something that we I'll talk about once we get into, okay, we are going to change and what are we going to do? And safety proofing the room is, is a big one. So sometimes I'll have parents put on like a child proof handle so they can't leave, especially with the way your, your house is laid out. You don't have other levels. So you want to be careful with that because with the front door, like, you know, obviously I'm not saying he's going to walk out, but you never know. Right. So you want to make sure that things are safety proof in a way that you haven't thought of yet now that they could maybe get out of the room in the uh, middle of the night type thing. So um, that's kind of another one, but have a plan in place for you guys. He's ready to do it and start that conversation with him. So there's a catch all to this. Sometimes I tell parents, you know, if the child is sleeping well, we don't want to tell them, don't get out of bed. You know, now you're in a big boy bed, but you can't get out of bed and you can't come out of your room because he might not even realize that that's an option because, you know, why would he think that he can just get out of his bed and come in his room? Cause he's a pretty good sleeper. So when we start talking a lot about that, some of they're like, Oh, that's actually a possibility that I can get out of my bed and get in my room. So we want to make sure that we're not bringing it to their attention if they don't need it being brought to their attention, but talk to him about what's going to happen. Like, don't just, you know, set up the bed one day and be like, boom, you're out of your crib. Cause some kids have a hard time with that transition between crib to bed. Cause they really enjoy their crib. So, you know, Sunny, we're going to move you into a big boy bed. This is going to be fun, really build it up, make it all fun and exciting just so that he understands that in a few days or however long you're going to be, this is what's going to happen. I mean, I don't even know that we need to, I don't have any like personal need. And I don't think you do either to move him to a big boy bed. If we don't have to, it was more like, you don't have to, yeah. yeah. Like he's not trying to climb out. And so I'm wondering what are the reasons why people do move their babies into a big boy bed? Right. Amazing. There's zero rush. Like there is, and I cannot stress this enough. There is absolutely zero rush unless your child is climbing out. And even then there's things that you can do to kind of make that stop and to prevent that from happening. But unless there's safety is a concern where now they're climbing out and you're worried that, you know, they're going to bump heads or break limbs or whatever, there's absolutely no rush. Like if you can keep them, I mean, we've had children, my youngest twins were in their crib to like three and a half, just because they were good. They were happy. There was zero rush to do it. Sometimes parents will need cribs for another child, but even if that's the case, sometimes I'll, I'll recommend you know, there's really inexpensive cribs. I mean, if you, if you're not in a huge rush or pack and plays, you, you know, you can put baby in that until the child's ready. So there really is no rush. If you guys are completely fine with Sunny staying in his crib, there's no rush to get him into a big boy bed at all. Okay. If your goal of getting him into the bed is to 
push out that morning, which I know that's kind of what you guys want to do. My first recommendation would be just to stop going at six, you know, push that out. Maybe again, start at 6.15, start at 6.30 and see how long he can go. I can't promise you there won't be any accidents, but if he's doing, if he's okay, most days where he's not going to the bathroom right away, then gradually with time, he'll be okay with, with moving that bedtime out or that wait time out later. But you guys kind of have to take that steps for him to do it. Mm-hmm. So if we get him the toddler clock, basically we would set it so that the green, like, let's say we did a red and a green light one, or yeah. whatever. like we'd set it for the green light to come on at like six 30 or seven or something, whatever right? time you want, wake time. Yeah. Okay. So if you're ready to start, like whatever time you want to start your day with them. And I always make sure that I talk about that because I can't promise you he will sleep till seven, but he'll know that when that green light comes on, that's when you guys go get him, or he, or you say, come out of your room. And that's when he knows to start the day. So set the clock to change to whatever, when you're ready to start your morning with them. Okay. And they usually like adhere to that. It can work really, really well. It really can. Like a lot of, I mean, I've had, we've had kids who have started them as young as 18 months. So it works really well, obviously with the older kids, like sunny age group, but it can work really well. It's just, again, it's just that, and make it fun, like wrap it as in, as a present, you know, you can give it to them, open it up, set it so that it goes off with you guys, you know, set it to, to turn, to change whatever picture color it's going to change so that he understands it, make it into a really fun thing keep it away from him because there are some really smart kids who have actually like changed the times or changed things. Like you'd be surprised. So I don't, not saying he's going to do that, but you know, keep it away from him, but just that he can visually see it from his crib and just explain to him. Communication is key, right? So communicate why you're doing this, what it's for, what it means, how morning's going to play out now. He's a smart kiddo. Like he, you know, this isn't new to him. You guys have always talked about sleep stuff with him. So he, he knows. Yeah. And now a word from our brand partner. Our ability to forgive is tested throughout our lives. We'll say we've forgiven someone, but we continue to hold on to pain and suffering and have a really hard time letting it go. Some people truly have forgiven, but we can't believe that they have moved on. How is it that some people can forgive while others just can't quite move on? This is exactly what New York Times bestselling author and friend and new mom, Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, is exploring in her new series, The Gift of Forgiveness. A few years ago, Catherine went on her own forgiveness journey and talked to friends, family, therapists, priests, and strangers to really try to understand what it takes to forgive. And on her way, she found some incredible true stories of forgiveness from people who lived it. These are those stories. The Gift of Forgiveness is a show about what it takes to truly forgive and move on. This season, Catherine welcomes some incredible guests like Sean Hayes, Chelsea Handler, Camila Coelho, and Cheryl Burke, as well as updates us on some of the stories featured in her book. From Headspace Studios, download The Gift of Forgiveness with Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, inspiring stories from those who've forgiven the unforgivable. And when we say Headspace Studios, we do mean like Headspace, the meditation app. You do not have to subscribe to Headspace to listen to The Gift of Forgiveness. You can download and subscribe to all of Headspace Studios podcasts wherever you are listening to this right now. Go check it out, you guys. It's something I think that weighs heavily on a lot of us, mostly in our subconscious. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Orlando. And I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters. And we're also co-hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. 
Every week, we let our listeners into real-life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday. And now back to our chat. His crib is right next to a window that has a shade and he will he will open the shade in the morning and okay. I'll come in and he'll be like looking and he'll be like, it's morning time. Like it's light out. So smart. Right. Yeah. But like, the, see that. So that's another reason though, why the toddler clock can help. Because even though, because especially in the season that we're in, bedtimes are really lighter outside. The sun's coming out, like do- days are shorter. Right. So that toddler clock can help because it could show him, even though the sun's not down yet at night, or even though the sun's up in the morning, it's still not time to wake up because the clock hasn't changed. So that's great that you're opening up the window and seeing the sun, but unless the light turns green or unless, you know, the bunny has his backpack on or whatever one you're doing, that's when we're going to come and get you. He has started saying that he's afraid of the dark. And just how do you deal with a kid who's saying that they're afraid of the dark? Like that was what we were dealing with last night. We put him down and then he started crying and I went in and I was like, why are you crying? And he was like, it's too dark in here. Okay. Is there a nightlight? There's not, but that's what, so I opened up the bathroom door a little bit and like turn on the light to provide a little bit more light, but then we didn't know if it was something that we should be like feeding into. So yeah. In terms of the darkness of the room, we'll talk about that first. Cause I'm always talking about making sure the room is nice and dark and that's going to promote better sleep and melatonin release and all of that stuff. These are tools that we use a lot in the beginning when we're teaching into those independent sleep skills, right? So making sure the room is nice and dark, incorporating things like a white noise machine, once your child is sleeping well um, and, and falling asleep relatively well and, and those independent sleep skills are in place, you know, we don't need to, the room doesn't have to be as dark or if the sound machine isn't on, not a big deal. So if he's saying that he's scared and the room is too dark, you can turn on, you can use a nightlight for him. Stay away from like the white lights, the blue lights, focus on more yellows, more reds. Um, we don't want anything too, too bright. Unfortunately, everything now is LED. So it's almost impossible to find like a, just one of those natural light bulbs, but if you can even better, but look for more warm hues, uh, in terms of nightlight. So you can use a nightlight. It's not to say that he's not at an age where, you know, he might have a nightmare or some fears are going to, to happen that can happen. So address them for sure. If he needs some comfort because of it, please do so. But if, again, if you see it start happening every night and you know your child best, if it's more of a no fear thing, and it's just kind of trying to get attention and reaction from you guys, then that's might be when you need to kind of put things more in motion, but you know, using a nightlight, talking about his fears, addressing any concerns he has absolutely. Okay. As long as it's not like an every night thing. Okay. The nightlight, not every night. No, the nightlight can be every night. I mean, you know, him, if he's waking up being like, I'm scared and he might be scared. I don't want to say don't address him, even if it's an every night thing. That's where I say, you know, your child best. If you think that there is some deep rooted fear that perhaps is going on with him, you would address that for oh, sure. Okay. But if you think that it, it could be more of like a behavioral thing yeah. where he's seeing that by saying that you guys are coming in and he's getting that attention that he's kind of looking for. That's when it's a hundred percent. I mean, not every time, but we know that right? yeah. like he'll manipulate Exactly. He'll try for yeah. me first. Yeah. And then if I say no, he'll go right to Whitney. And yeah. then if Ophelia's here, he'll go right to Ophelia. No. <laughs> he's just playing. Yeah. He yeah. just right. sit with him in the chair. And whoever read the book will sit with him in the chair. And then when it's time for bed, he'll be, he'll be like, no, no, no. I want daddy to, to sit with me. 
And then he'll be like, oh, 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 mommy. And then we're like, we know what you're doing. Yeah. The dark <laughs> thing did make me sad. I think part of it is attention. And I think part of it is, I don't know. He was like, he was crying. He's the past two times with me, he's been crying real tears when I walked. And it could be. It absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be. I mean, it's, it's not abnormal to have that fear of darkness for kids to, for it to be dark, too dark. And that's where you can use the nightlight, but also those toddler clocks too can give us some light as well. Okay. So coming back to that, that could help too with that. So the room doesn't have to be pitch black at this point. If you want to incorporate a bit of a nightlight, that's fine. Just not too bright. Okay. This might not be relevant, but I heard like for people mm-hmm. at night, you want red light like yeah. warm red light because it's like the sunset. And then in yeah. the morning you want to get up to blue light because that's what it looks like when the sun. That's right. Okay. So our melatonin, that's our natural sleep hormone. And that is largely uh, released or suppressed by our external environment. And the main one being the light in the dark of the day. So when the light is bright, when the sun comes up, that's when our melatonin is suppressed. And that's when our body tends to wake up and that starts our, our, our natural sleep drive, right? Our natural wake drive. To go to bed at night, we want to release that melatonin. So that's why we want to get things nice and dark. That's why we want to stay. And that's why I'm always talking about staying away from tech and the bright lights of the screen. We want to incorporate more warm hues if you're going to use like a nightlight or a bedtime light. It's harder now though, because everything is like LED and white and, and super bright, but there are certain light bulbs that are meant for just that. So I think for us, like takeaways are, I, I don't feel quite ready to get them out of the crib yet. Cause I don't think it's necessary. So I think we should probably get that yeah. light, get the toddler clock light thing. Yeah. And then see if the Zenergy has a setting that's like dim enough so that we can maybe have a nightlight in there for him. And then go from there and try to not, if he's up at six o'clock in the morning, try not to go in. Start pushing it. Yeah. Is, is he like screaming at six? Like, what does he do at six? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Dad, like, yeah. mama, come get me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And then that's where I think the toddler clock is really going to, is really going to help. Cause he's going to see like, even with you not responding, it's, it's hard to not respond to that as a parent, right? To just, even if it's just as simple as not yet it's not time to wake up. Like he's probably not going to respond well to that. If you have the toddler clock also, he's going to visually say, okay, yeah, it's not time. So maybe he won't even call it at that point or he'll, he'll understand when you're like, Sunny, it's not time to get up yet. Has the clock changed? And he'll say yes or no. And you'll know, cause you'll know the time. Even if he says, yes, you know, it's not, it's not time. <laughs> I know I'm too so down. He will just lie right to my face. <laughs> so the goal, the goal is that then even if he does continue to wake up at six, it's that he's not yelling for us. It's like, it's fine. Your wake if that's your natural wake up time, that's fine. But and that can change, right? Like it may not be always, right? right. It might just right. be a phase that he's going through now where six o'clock is the time he's waking up. But with time, as he gets older, it'll get later and later. But if he knows that the moment he calls you guys, you guys are going to go in and start your day with them. Why would he stop? Right? So that's what you have to kind of also doing. We've been going in there and then one of us will go in there and the other one get to stay sleeping. And then yeah. We'll go in and just put TV on for him because we're too tired to do anything else. And so, so like, he's getting rewarded for it. Yeah. yeah. Getting whatever he wants. Yeah. His snack, yeah. his drink, his TV. It's like it all yeah. happens right when he wakes up. So right. of course he's going to call for us. At totally. Yeah. So, the, I mean, and that's what you have to change. Right. And even, you know, even when you get him up later, like 6 15, 6 30, 
don't turn on the TV right away. Like don't, you know what I mean? Don't give him, he doesn't need to eat right away. So just, I'm not saying wait hours, but even just waiting 15, 30 minutes so that he understands even when it is time to wake up, I'm not going to get everything I want right away. So there'll be less of a reason to kind of call for that. So when you're not watching or when you're not watching your kid, (laughs) when you're not letting your kid watch TV, like what do you do with it? I know. I know. I mean, this is coming from me who like, seriously, my kids are on like (laughs) tech all day long, but my kids are older. Um, (laughs) They're already fully developed. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I mean, you know, just give them like the business section of the time. Let them read the newspaper. I mean, no, you can give them like some toys to play with. He can, you know what actually you can do. And we, we use it a lot for nap time, quiet time box, but you can have like a morning quiet time box. So fill a bin with like, and even, you know, maybe get a couple new things. So it's exciting. Fill a little bin with some morning activities. So while mom and dad make you breakfast, you can play with these toys quietly. Uh, once we're done making breakfast, then we'll turn on the TV. So something like that. So it's yeah. not. He knows about that. Like he knows that the TV comes at specific times. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. pretty good with that. So he'll be like, can we watch TV? And we'll be like, no, we're going to watch TV right before dinner. First, we're going to go on a walk and then you can watch TV. Perfect. Normally he's yeah. good with that. So yeah. I think he'll take to that. I think well. he will as long as we just say consistently. Yeah. And if he yeah. doesn't, like, we'll just, we'll straight up, we'll give him back. We'll just sell. We'll get <laughs> we'll right back to the hospital. We'll be like, take this one back. Take this new one. He's a good little guy. He'll be fine. Honestly, it'll be harder on you guys than it will be on him. And that's always the case, right? Yeah. It's It's just changes you have to make and... He will, uh, he will accept them with time. Thank you so much. Have a good vacation. You deserve Yes, you guys too. And uh, good luck with everything. And you know where to find me. Thank we do. you so much, Alana. You're the best. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.